You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert, Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. So excited about this episode. We've got one of my best friends on the planet and also one of the top fitness influencers on the planet on the show today as well. He's got an incredible story and he's taken his story to an entirely new level. Not only has 2020 been bananas and pajamas already and just like, not just nuts, but like walnuts, like chestnuts, like freaking pistachio, uh, peanuts, which aren't actually nuts, they're legumes, like just outrageous crazy. But he's about to do something that I think is going to shock you. It's part crazy, part amazing, but that's what humanity is right now. So, um, but it's also just super inspiring. And the, the layers beneath what he's going to share today, I think is going to be incredibly valuable for all of us. So again, really pumped about this episode. And also just check out his, if you're watching this on YouTube, check out his t-shirt. Oh, if you're watching on YouTube, check out my t-shirt. Right, now I get all these incredible, there's so many incredible companies out there that are making uh, gear and I get access to. It's just such a gift. And this sh particular shirt says, be strong, be strong. And now it just even has me thinking about how life has changed so much from the reality that I lived in before. And both were available. You know, right now I have access to clothes, whereas before, like we're getting the hand-me-down jump-offs. If I wanted an outfit, guess what my mom's gonna do? Layaway. Do you know layaway? Some people probably don't even know what that is. That means you go to the store, you go to Kmart, you shop, you get your outfits, I can't wait, oh, this is so nice, mom. And then she puts it on layaway, which means she pays a little bit down and she comes and puts money on it over time and you'll eventually get your clothes when they're out of fashion, you know, six months, a year later, whatever the case might be. So many layaways were started, never completed, all right? But today I could get my own clothes. It's just a gratitude point. But also, you know, it's just this spectrum of reality, the spectrum of life and growth and, you know, being able to even see the beauty in those moments. You know, like my mom was doing the best that she could. We had the nostalgia and the feeling that we're about to be super fly. But, you know, and par partially a lot of the things that we do in life it's the feeling that we're after. It's not even the thing. And if we understand how powerful our minds are, we can go there now. We don't have to wait till we have the external example, the external condition for us to have the feeling of what love looks like, the feeling of what a good relationship looks like, the feeling of what success or driving in that car that you envision yourself in. You can close your eyes and you can take yourself there. And what we know now in neuroscience is that that experience of imagineering or you know visualization is as real to the mind does not know the difference it doesn't even know the difference and if we look at some of the you know the principles of success and all the incredible teachers that we've even had on the show for you over the years who would tell you how powerful it is when you can get clear on a vision you feel the feelings of what those things actually would feel like to have those things in your life and how quickly that starts to create a resonance and a draw of those things to actually manifest and be there in your life in a real way. And of course, me being somebody who's very analytical and like, where's the, 
Where's the tangibility to this? Where's the science to this? Some things we still don't understand. We can't explain. But one of the things that I talked about on the show several times is like the, the phantom DNA experiment uh, that was done uh, not, not that long ago, actually. And we know that even in, in a vacuum, you know, when a scientist is doing an experiment and they have a vacuum created where there's nothing inside of it, all the airs, everything is removed. There's nothing there. But what you cannot get rid of are biophotons, these little packets of light, these little packets of energy that at their core, this is the, the thing that we have the, the greatest understanding that they make up the physical structure of everything that we see in the world around us, these biophotons, these little packets of energy. So even if we have a powerful enough microscope, keep zooming in, zooming in, zooming in, eventually there's nothing, it's energy. But take a step out from there, we have biophotons, right? These packets of energy. And that's what we're made of. Like when you're looking at me, you might see somebody who seems like a solid being, right? Same thing, if you look down at your body, you look at your hand. But with a powerful enough microscope and the technology that we're developing, we could see that, you know, your hand is just vibrating atoms. You know, it's just this compilation of vibrating atoms spinning around at this incredible pace. And most of you is energy or empty space, what appears to be empty space. It's super freaky stuff, I know. So we're not gonna get too much deeper into it, but I wanna talk about this, how we're impacting the world around us. And this phantom DNA experiment, what they did was they took human DNA and put it into the vacuum and just to see what would happen. And these biophotons that they just can't get rid of, what happened when they put the human DNA into the vacuum the biophotons attach themselves and conform themselves to the human DNA. These scattered, random biophotons conformed to the human DNA that was added to the vacuum. Now, of course, when they see this, it's profound. But here's what was more profound. When they removed the human DNA, the scientists expected that the biophotons would just go back to their random, scattered, original formation. But that's not what happened. When they removed the human DNA, the biophotons, these packets of energy that make up the world around us, stayed in the same confirmation that they went into when the human DNA was present. The human DNA created a level of permanency on those biophotons, the stuff that makes up our entire reality, conformed to the human DNA and it left a, a print, it left a fingerprint on the world around it okay so i hope that makes sense and you're starting to see where this is going you are made of that you are made of human dna you're made of that stuff and your consciousness the stuff that you're made of this power that you have as a human being impresses upon the environment around us and helps to kind of shape and conform the world around us even at the most minute level that we have no idea about we don't understand we might not acknowledge that it's happening but it's happening it might be in the most minute way and dissipate. But the more that we focus on a thing, the more that we put our time and our energy and our intention and our presence into a thing, the more that we start to shape and influence the world around us. All right? So this is getting into the quantum physics, the quantum realm, but that's where science is at now. It's affirming things that, you know, the, the ancients would write about and discuss. You know, we've gone from the miasmatic theory, the germ theory. We're at quantum physics right now. And just understanding more and more how little we know about reality. 
We walk around here like we've got things figured out, like we've got life figured out, like we can't just solve our problems. We could solve everybody else's problems, but we don't know anything. We don't really understand. Even when we're talking about virology, humans, we know about less than 1% of all the viruses that there are. And we know less than 1% about the viruses that we know about how they operate. And I promise you, you hear, you're hearing it here first. I guarantee you, within the next several years to, to decades, they're going to find out because viruses are infinitesimally small, right? We could fit hundreds of thousands of virus particles into a single bacteria, right? They're measured in nanometers. They're gonna find that the viruses have viruses. You heard it here first. They're gonna be able to see like, oh wait, we found something else. And that this thing is the problem. This is really the thing making us sick. We keep zooming in, zooming in, zooming in and looking at the minute which is great, it's important, but we have to be able to zoom out and take a look at the meta perspective as well. That's called balance. That's called wisdom and, and, and holistic viewpoint and seeing the whole because we start getting so specific in things that we miss, like this is the saying of like, you know, not seeing the forest for the trees, right? So being so focused on one thing and all you see is that thing in front of you, you miss out on the bigger picture. So I hope that makes sense. This is something we're really working to evolve to. And as science continues to push forward, being able to bring a level of balance to it, understanding that it's never the one thing. Even when we're talking about virology, it's never the, the virus operating in a, in a vacuum. Because so often there's been experiments done where they take the, the determined virus or bacteria that's, that's determined to be the causative factor for people getting sick and implanting it into different organisms and seeing that they don't get sick. But when you change the condition that the organism is in, or you change the, the solution for the bacteria or the virus to be able to replicate, when you change the conditions of it, it's able to take hold and to do the, the dirty things that it's possible for it to do. But the conditions matter. And we gotta stop looking at things in a vacuum like the human DNA experiment, the phantom DNA experiment, and understand that there's a bigger world that all of this is impacting. So I hope that makes sense. And I hope that this encourages you to remember how powerful you are to impress upon reality. We have to understand that. And again, this is something that takes you deep down a rabbit hole. We have more and more science coming out, coming forward. And of course, we continue to bring the very best people in the world to talk about these things with you. If you're interested in this topic, that I just felt compelled to talk about today. Uh, we'll put in the show notes for you the episode we did with Dr. Joe Dispenza, for example. Uh, as the French say, it's les flammes, or la flamme, or les fire. I don't know, but the French say it a certain way. Shout out to everybody listening in France, by the way. Je m'appelle Sean. Comment allez-vous? Um, shout out to eighth grade French. Man, I. Never mind. So I'm, I'm just excited. But also when I think of France and I think of, you know, taking French, I think about the culinary. I think about the cuisine, right? French food is just renowned, you know, in nutrition. And if you look at some of the practices that come from the incredible culture and you see the level of health that the French citizens have been able to maintain or sustain, but, you know, of course, it's more and more of the, quote, Western diet, you know, fast food paradigm has integrated itself in. But even over in, you know, in Europe, there are different standards, even for 
processed foods than there are here in the United States. The United States, we have the worst of the worst when it comes to ingredients that are considered, you know, grass or generally accepted as safe that are added to our food supply that have been banned in Europe, you know, but long history and culture of full fat foods, right? Understand that the fat is not the problem because we have this paradigm where if you think if we eat fat, it's going to make you fat, but that's not how science really works. It's the same paradigm. If, if I eat blueberries, I'm going to turn blue. It's that same level of thinking. And this is what I was taught in my university classes as well, is we got to get people on a low fat diet, you know, high fiber, low fat or high grain diet. And we saw that that just didn't work for so many people. But again, if we look at cultures all around the world, some cultures do have by proxy lower fat protocols that they're able to sustain, but it's whole foods based diets. And the same thing with higher fat diets. You know, we see some cultures around the world who have diets that are like, you know, 80 to 90% dietary fats who have uh, little to no traces of cardiovascular disease or diabetes or anything like that. So we have to take, again, all of these things into con into, into context, into consideration, because where do, where do our specific genes come from? Like, where's the closest, you know, with our lineage? How did our ancestors, our closest ancestors eat? Maybe if we eat a little bit closer to that, we'll experience a different level of health. And what we have access to today is we have access to every kind of food and superfood you can imagine, which has just been such a gift for me over the years. And it's been quietly behind the scenes. The thing that really got me into this space at this level was even when I was struggling, you know, just to, you know, get by, I was investing in different foods that I had never heard of before in my life. From, you know, goji berries to cacao to uh, mango steam, you know, acai, all these things. This was about, you know, getting close to 20 years ago now. And I was just infatuated. And I was just wondering, like, why don't we know about it? I know about Krispy Kremes, but I don't know about Mangosteen. I know about Burger King, but I don't know about the king of the mushrooms, right? We got Chaga, we got Rishi. See, so when I found out about these things, I just became obsessed and started to study them and share with as many people as I could. And it started off, you know, working with the clients I was working with and then, you know, taking that out and teaching small classes to like the classes getting filled up. It, just in my, my mother-in-law's kitchen, first class, three people. And I was scared. And I knew two of them, scared. And my concern was I wanted to make sure that I communicated this correctly, how much joy I'm feeling and experiencing and what I've learned. But all of that fear dissipated when I shifted the attention off of myself and onto how can I serve and how can I help these incredible people in front of me to gain some type of tool or insight that they can use in their life moving forward. And that started the journey, you know, and even way back, one of the things that I was bringing into the fold was turmeric. And this is something my mother-in-law would get as well. We had like the, the root, it looks like ginger, you know, it's in the same family, actually. When you talk about the real turmeric itself, and I was throwing that into juices, like, ooh, you got to have the right formula. But now we've got all these incredible supplements that are doing things the right way because there's one thing to have a turmeric supplement that has like all these binders and fillers and it's coming from turmeric that's been like 
it's not it's it's like a, a a golden shower of pesticides has been sprayed upon it and hopefully you know what a golden shower is all right but that level of turmeric and we're getting the quote medicine along with poisons and so companies that are doing things the right way and myself and my family we have it right over there in our cabinets and we keep it stocked we get our turmeric our daily turmeric formula that i have all the time and also the Organifi Gold product and the hallmark ingredient is organic, super critical extract of turmeric. And the reason that this is important today in this conversation and what we're going to get into today is that turmeric and curcumin are well noted for their anti-inflammatory capacity. I mean, tons of studies on how effective curcumin, which is the one of the active ingredients in turmeric and turmeric itself are well noted study after study to be incredibly effective at reducing inflammation. It's mind boggling. One of the things that's not talked about enough is the fact that, and this was published in the European Journal of Nutrition, found that turmeric is also able to not only downregulate inflammatory cytokines that's related to what our body fat does, our fat cells are inflamed when they're you know growing and, and doing the thing that fat cells can do, it's inflammation is part of it. But they also discovered that it's able to downregulate in the inflammatory process and upregulate the performance and activity of one of our major satiety and fat loss hormones, which is adiponectin. All right, so not only is turmeric anti-inflammatory, it's also anti-obesity. It's just another reason that I'm a huge fan of the gold formula from Organifi. And if you want to check it out, go to Organifi.com forward slash model. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash model. And guess what? You get 20% off. 20% off their gold formula, their daily turmeric product as well. I travel with that. I travel with that bad boy. And all the other products they carry as well. It's such an incredible company doing things the right way. And so many people actually like to have the gold formula before bed because it also contains reishi. And according to the journal Pharmacology, Biochemistry, and Behavior, Rishi is able to, number one, improve sleep latency, so you're able to fall asleep faster. They also found that it was able to increase overall sleep time and to increase the time spent in non-REM deep sleep and REM sleep as well. So Rishi in that formula with the turmeric, which has the anti-inflammatory capacity, and it tastes great. You can have it like a tea or with uh, warm milk of your choice as well. It tastes great that way too. So Definitely try the gold formula if you haven't done so already. And right now they've got the chocolate gold formula and that's an added layer of antioxidants and incredible benefits with the chocolate. And for a limited time right now, it's that time of year again. They've got the pumpkin spice gold formula available over at Organifi.com forward slash model. All right, so head over there, check it out. And now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled Logic and Reasoning by JD Living Well. My math brain loved this episode. How amazing to hear actual data and statistics surrounding COVID instead of all the mass hysteria we are getting from the media. Your information about hospital data is spot on. My respiratory therapist sister is finally back to work after being laid off for several months from a major research and trauma hospital. Who could imagine that during a pandemic? It's encouraging to hear solutions that we can use in our daily lives to be healthy and well, rather than living paralyzed in fear. I love your ads as well. 
What a breath of fresh air to hear about alternatives to staying healthy instead of spending thousands being sick. I cannot thank you enough for this great information. Awesome. Thank you so much for leaving that review over on Apple Podcasts. And that episode that they're referring to is the one that we did with epidemiologist Dr. Alan Preston. So we'll put that for you in the show notes if you happen to miss it. But that just means so much. Thank you so much for sharing your voice and sharing that story, the insight with your family member as well, and having that close proximity and touch point to this whole experience. We all need to talk about this and share our stories and connect. So thank you so much for leaving that review. And on that note, let's get to our special guest and topic of the day. Today's guest is New York Times bestselling author, Drew Manning. And Drew catapulted to fame. And this was back when Jay Leno was running The Tonight Show. And Drew was on The Tonight Show. He's on all this major media because he did this crazy experiment that actually transformed the world. And he was a fit personal trainer, been fit his entire life, college football player. And he wanted to help his clients like anybody would who has a big heart. But he kept hearing this story over and over again when he would just be like, if you just do what I say, just follow the plan. What's so hard about this? You know, just in his mind, even thinking these thoughts. And they would say to him, he heard this so many times over and over again, Drew, you just don't understand. You've been fit your whole life. You don't know what it's like. And one day it clicked that he wanted to be able to put himself into other people's shoes in a way, not just theoretically, but to physically transform his health and his body. And so the inception of his fit to fat to fit journey was going from a fit, healthy personal trainer to gaining 60 to 70 pounds over the course of just several months by eating foods he would have never been eating in consumption and, and, and quantities that he heretofore would never have eaten as well. And, you know, stop going for a consistent exercise routine to, to being sedentary like the majority of U.S. citizens. And he transformed his body and gained all of this weight and documented the whole thing. But this was back early on. This is like nine or 10 years ago when we didn't have social media like this today. So he really documented the journey on his blog, but major media caught wind of it and followed his experience. And from there, he decided to see what it was like and to demonstrate and to walk hand in hand with people to go from having gained 60 to 70 pounds to getting back to the weight that he started at and the level of fitness that he started at. And he accomplished the same thing in the same amount of time. You know, the same amount of months that it took him to gain weight, he was able to lose the weight in that same amount of time, but he had no idea the mental and emotional strain that it would have on his life, his relationships, and his identity to be able to, to, to go through that process. And he knows very clearly that when you choose to do that, it's one thing, but he knows that he can't replicate that for folks that are kind of born into the situations that uh, can kind of conspire or encourage being overweight and obese, but he wanted to do his best to put himself in those shoes. And he's learned a lot, but even through that process, because that's what catapulted him to, to fame, but he's just done so much work over the years to, to cultivate empathy and to bring that as a term into the fitness culture that needs it more than ever and compassion and understanding and being able to put ourselves in other people's shoes so we can actually find out how to help and how to serve. So I admire him for that. And today he's gonna to share, he's taken this story and his journey to an entirely different level. So let's jump into this conversation with my good friend, Drew 
Manning. Well, I'm going to start and make this a public question, man. How does it feel to be ridiculously handsome? <laughs> that reminds me of Zoolander, you know, ridiculously, ridiculously, really, really good looking. It's, um, you know, I, I'm used to it now. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's all good, man. I'm, I'm good. Uh, I should ask you that question. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, man. You know, I love, you know, certain people you just click with. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When we first met, I was just like, this dude's going to be my friend forever. Do we? It's Thank like you, one brother. of those Thank like you. stepbrothers moments. Like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> it was. And man. so when, and, and when you posted the, the Zoolander side by side or the Ben Stiller side by side, I was like, oh, I went and got my wife. I literally got up and went and showed her. And I was like, yep, this guy's going to be my best friend. So, well, thank man, you, brother. I really appreciate that. And I'm grateful to have you on. It's been, you know, you're, you're one of the very few recurring guests that we've had on the show. Uh, just so insightful, such a good human being. And you've accomplished so much, man. And I want to talk to you first about the world is very different than when we last <laughs> talked. <laughs> and so I just want to know what you've been up to since, you know, the, the shutdowns have taken place, quarantine. How have you stayed in shape? And we, by the way, we're going to get into how he's not going to be in shape in a moment, yes. but how have you been able to kind of maintain what you've been doing uh, with your fitness, with your mental health through all that's been going on? Man. So let's start from the beginning of 2020. It, it was, it was, it's been a crazy year. Well, ever since Kobe died, man, that's when this year kind of it set the tone for me. I, that was for me the first time that I felt attached to someone like him, like an athlete like that, where I was devastated when he died, hit me hard. And then from there, it's just been a, a snowball effect of just, okay, what more can we pile on in 2020? Um, it's been really hard, you know, mentally, emotionally, psychologically for me personally, but I think for a lot of people, you know, all, all over the world and uh, it's unprecedented times for sure. So how have I been able to maintain or, or stay in shape? I'll be honest with you, man. I, had moments where the stress got to me. And here I am, an influencer, you know, all the tools in our tool belt of, you know, the mental and emotional side, the physical side, supplements, food. There was times where I'm like, man, I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to have an extra glass of wine or like, you know, uh, have a little bit extra dessert just, just because. And I caught myself doing that. And it was so interesting for me because it, it helped me definitely relate to people out there. But also it's like, I'm human too, man. And I have emotions. And sometimes I, I numb those emotions just like every single person out there does. And, um, but then, you know, l luckily for me, you know, having a fitness business, I was able to do a lot of live streaming, live, you know, Instagram lives, Facebook lives. And I would purposely post that I'm doing a workout tomorrow at 10 AM and asking people to join me. Cause I knew once I pushed it, once I put it out there on social media, I had to show up <laughs> even though inside I did not want to work out. I, I knew I had to. The other thing that kept me going, Sean, and maybe we can dive into this a little bit is I made the decision to run 100 miles in under 24 hours. Now, I know I attempted this last year and people saw it. People saw me fail. Well, fail-ish. I, I, I got 80 miles done in 24 hours, which wasn't a failure. It definitely well, – I was really proud of myself because I've never yeah. once known I could do that until I read the, the, the book David Go uh, that David Goggins wrote, <laughs> Can't Hurt Me. Really good book, by the way, um, to push me past those self-limiting beliefs. So I attempted it last year. Didn't get the 100. This year, I trained hardcore for for seven months, man. I became a runner. And I hate running. I suck at running. I've never been good at running. Just short sprints, maybe like like you, you know. But anything past a mile, man, it's, it's you know, un, uncharted territory for me. 
So I wanted to, to see if I could run 100 miles in 24 hours if I actually trained for it. And so I took seven months out of my life, <laughs> literally, to train for a 100-mile race and uh, ended up doing it June 11th and 12th of this year. But posting about it, saying that I was going to do it, made me stay accountable to do those three-hour, four-hour runs on Saturdays and Sundays, even though I didn't want to, because I knew I was going to show up on June 11th and attempt my 100-miler, which I was able to do. Yeah, man. First of all, that's just... Congratulations isn't enough sometimes, you know? Yeah. It's just like there's something deeper for you to accomplish something like that and to come from the the experience that you've had prior to, just like, I suck at running. <laughs> and I remember you told me this a while, like the first time. Yeah. And you wanted to do something that, you know, you suck at and really challenge yourself and think differently and train differently and put yourself into the discomfort. That's one of the things that I've known about you from early on is that for whatever reason, Drew has the kahunas to like put himself in uncomfortable situations. And so for you to accomplish that, man, like 100 miles in 24 hours. Yeah. Bro, it's just, <laughs> it's mind blowing, mind blowing. And that's the thing is like, we all have these self-limiting beliefs. And, and the thing that I learned from David Goggins is trying to train your brain to become comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? And that's kind of the whole idea behind this whole thing. And for me, that was 100 miles. For someone out there listening, it could be, you know, one mile, it could be a 5k, it could be eating vegetables for 30 days straight. It's, it's doing these hard things that you really don't think maybe is possible for you. But then what if, what if you just try one of these things that's out of your comfort zone and, and watch your body and mind adapt to it. And maybe you can pull something off that seems impossible for you because a hundred miles, you know, for me was impossible. I'm like, I've never even ran a marathon or a half marathon. Why do I think I can run 100 miles? I don't know. I just felt like, why not test the limits? And 100 miles seemed like a big enough number to be like, all right, that's pretty respectable, you know? And and I did it. it will I ever run again? Probably not because I, I still hate it. <laughs> but to say that I did it, that's kind of the lesson that I learned to hopefully pass on to other people's. Find out what your 100 miles is and get out there and, and do it and get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And who knows what you can accomplish. Absolutely, man. That's so powerful. And finding out what your 100 miles. So everybody could be something different. This could be something in business. This could be something in your relationship. Yes. This could be something in fitness. I was just talking with my oldest son, Jordan, the other day. And he right now, he's got a couple of clients that he's training as a personal trainer. Oh, and cool. he's creating programs. And he's just doing, he loves, he loves this. He loves fitness. It's his thing. And... I was talking to him about some of the structure mentally with working with clients because I worked in the gym for, I don't know, maybe t almost almost 10 years. Yeah. And I came to some revelations very early on. Number one, people are coming to you, yes, for advice and expertise, but the majority of people, their biggest benefit that they're getting from you is the accountability. And there's a minority of people who will take the expertise that you give them and continue on without you. And I, I wanted to be, I wanted people to hire me to be able to fire me when it came to the gym. But so often it just didn't manifest that way. No matter what I would do, you know, I'd see people five years later. They're like, Sean, I was in the best shape of my life when I was with you. I need you. It's like, no, you need yourself. Get away. You know, I love you. But, you know, but the thing is, it's, it's understanding that we all need accountability. We all need support and, you know, there's different dynamics to what that looks like, but we have to work with our own psychology. And sometimes it's even within yourself, the accountability you create, but you're bringing up an important point of being able to 
utilize community proactively, especially during a time when we're so separate, to hold you accountable. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, and I learned this from my first journey doing Fit to Fat to Fit back in 2011, which we've talked about on the podcast before, where I intentionally gained 75 pounds in six months. That was my first time being overweight in my life. I was humbled. Uh, I realized just how wrong I was in my approach to fitness and health and helping people. And I learned so many valuable lessons from that experience. One being how much of transformation is mental and emotional. Like you could give someone the best meal plans, the best workouts, the best supplements, and none of that matters unless that person knows eventually how to overcome those emotional challenges. And, and a trainer, that's exactly what they are. They're paying you to keep them accountable, right? They could get meal plans and workouts from other places, but they are paying you to literally say, hey, I have this goal. I need you to push me to finish this workout and keep me accountable in the gym, in the kitchen and all that stuff. And really, that's what it comes down to. For anybody out there looking to make a transformation, whether it's a, a weight loss transformation, physical transformation, any other transformation, anyone will tell you, you know, having a coach, a, a mentor, and what that person does is just an accountability partner to keep you accountable to whatever the goals that, 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 that you want to achieve. And that's what I learned from Fit to Fat to Fit back in 2011 was the importance of accountability in a support system because transformation is so mental and emotional, more so than physical. And that's why you have to have someone on your side giving you a kick in the butt, Every once in a while when you need it, right? Everyone needs a kick in the butt, some tough love, but that empathy as well. Yeah. And letting that person know that they're worth it to continue to fight for their goals. And that's what I think a lot of people struggle with self-worth and then they self-sabotage because they don't think they're worth it. They don't think they're worthy to achieve those goals because that negative mindset tells them, that negative self-talk tells them, see, told you you're going to mess up. I told you you're going to go back to your old ways. And we keep proving that to ourselves over and over again to the point where we don't ever feel like we can achieve something in life because we've we've done that to ourselves over and over again where we self-sabotage and we say, see, told you, I knew you'd go back to that old mindset. And that happens over and over again. And that's the power of an accountability partner or a coach or a trainer to keep you accountable along the way. Now, you can't always have someone there with you like you were mentioning. So eventually, we have to learn how to develop that, that ourselves. And that's where self-awareness comes in. And self-awareness makes you the observer of your thoughts rather than you becoming your thoughts. So now when that negative self-talk is coming, that's not you. That's not your highest self. You can observe that thought coming into your mind saying, okay, here comes the negative self-talk. I know that's my ego telling me that, you know, what, 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 uh, what I am, but I can choose to either detach myself from that and just observe what's going on and the emotions that are coming up. And, and then from there, you can make a thoughtful response instead of a reaction like some people do. So hopefully that makes sense. Man, that was so profound. And like, this is the thing that makes a, a person like yourself so successful and makes such an impact. You're saying the thing that, it's, it's so funny, like we don't talk about this enough, yeah. that all change really is an inside game. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the mental and emotional, because we just want the physical thing. Just tell me what to do. Just <laughs> give me push-ups and burpees, let's go. But for you to do the push-ups and burpees, it's who you see yourself as. Mm. Are you the type of person who does these things consistently? We eat the way that we believe ourselves to, to be, or, or we eat in a way that reflects our perception of ourselves. Yes. Like, I'm a, I, I eat this way. Like, there's a certain thought process. Like, there's certain things that I just don't eat. There's, certain, there's a certain... Uh, way that I eat. There's a certain quality of foods that I look for because that's who I am. 
And we're not doing that inner work. We're just like, just give me this cookie cutter diet program. Give me this cookie cutter workout and wonder why we keep failing. And your whole work is like empathy, understanding, <laughs> compassion, helping people to change from the inside out because the outside stuff becomes easier once you get the mental and emotional piece right. Amen. Amen. And that's kind of the, the whole concept of a complete transformation is not just a physical transformation. And I think people's perception of what success looks like in health and fitness is a physical transformation. Like, hey, once I get this body, then all my problems are going to go away. Then I'll be skinny. People will love me in society. No one's going to treat me wrong anymore. I'll treat myself right. And we think that's what's going to happen. But I promise you, we both know people that are, have 5% body fat and, and are still miserable with themselves and still hate themselves and still think they're not good enough. So that's not what it is. That's not what you, th it's not what you think it is. It's about learning to be fulfilled now when things are imperfect, when you might not have the perfect body, but you can still be fulfilled and full of gratitude while you're continuing to continuing to work on a better version of yourself. And that's what I feel is, is what needs to shift in this industry is what success looks like to people. We can shift our perception. It's not about the results. I promise you, it's not about the results. It's cool to have goals to get those results. But what happens is people don't, they don't like the process of dieting and exercising because they see it as miserable, but they're like, okay, I'll put up with this for 30, 60, 90 days. If I get these results, if I don't get these results, why am I sacrificing so much? Why am I suffering for nothing? Right. And so it's all about the results. And then what, even if they get the results, the results aren't as fulfilling as they thought it would be. And there's still something missing in their life. And that's where it's about falling in love with the process operating out of a place of self-love versus self-hate. And when you love yourself, you treat yourself kindly. Like, hey, it feels good to eat this healthy food because it feels good to my body and it feels good to move my body instead of punishing myself in the gym saying, you better lose this fat, you know, or else, or you're you know, you're hungry, you keep starving yourself until you get this body, you know, and that's, that's kind of the, the perception that I think needs to be shifted in the fitness industry. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do, you know, what since fit to fat to fit, I learned those lessons and then going through, you know, my rock bottom moment after my divorce and, and all the personal development I've done. And that's what leads me to here we are today in 2020 with another crazy idea to hopefully change the game. Uh, segue alert, <laughs> segue, segue alert, alert. <laughs> man, listen, listen, this, this right now is such a already crazy time. Mm -hmm. And when I got the message from you, and the first thing I said, I called you and I was like, dude, <laughs> is it too late to talk you out of this? <laughs> and, but then when you talk with me about it, I understood the different dynamics of why this could be very, very powerful and remarkable right now. Number one, because of your growth over these past few years. Number two, another reasoning that people hold up is like, I can't change my body at this <laughs> point, you know, once I reach a certain age. But man, you're about to do fit to fat to fit again. Right now, <laughs> Drew Manning, 40-year-old, father of two. Mm -hmm. And dude, so first of all, yes. just to give a summation, when you did the original fit to fat to fit, how long ago was that? Take us through a brief summation of the process and then tell us why the hell you're doing it again right now in 2020. Yeah. So back in 2011, I was 31 years old. Uh, I never been overweight a day in my life. And uh, I put on 75 pounds of pure fat in six months, you know, stopped exercising, ate a standard American diet, lots of cinnamon toast crunch and Mountain Dew and zingers and, and all of that delicious processed food that a lot of us grew up with in the 70s and 80s. 
and uh, then, you know, got back to fit. And that's kind of, you know, uh, learned a lot of valuable lessons, was humbled. And that's kind of what, uh, how I made a name for myself because it definitely helped me to be more empathetic towards those that struggle. And it gave me a better understanding. And, uh, but that was almost 10 years ago. And social media back then wasn't what it is today. I, I know very few people literally today that actually followed along that journey as it was happening. A lot of people heard about it afterwards, like you did. You heard about it afterwards. A lot of people heard about it afterwards, but no one was really able to follow along as it was happening because social media wasn't really what it is. There was no live streaming. There was Facebook, and that's pretty much it. There's no Instagram. So here we are today in 2020. It's been a crazy year like we talked about. Why would I ever do this again? One, I've, I've already learned my lessons from it. I already learned what I needed to learn. So why would I ever do this again? I feel like 2020 has been such a divisive year. There's been so much hate and anger and fear and worry and and you know, everything that's going on in the world, It's I just see a lot of division. And, and I felt like this was the perfect opportunity to do it, and, even in a time of chaos, because of my message of empathy. You know, you, I didn't even think about this till now. You see the shirt that I'm wearing, Mr. Rogers. Empathy, for me, this is what this shirt shows is empathy. And empathy, I feel, is something that can change the world, let alone the fitness industry. Because the fitness industry, like you said, it's all about macros, calories, weight loss, fat loss, and people are chasing after this perfect body. When in reality, you know, it's it's more than that. You know, uh, when it comes to our health, it's more than just having the perfect body. And I feel like people who live in larger bodies, who are obese, are judged unfairly and labeled as lazy or less than. And people think it's so easy. Just eat less and work out. What's wrong with you? Like, just be disciplined. Have the willpower like I have, you know? And people think that it's so easy. And so people in society that are in larger bodies are looked down upon. And I feel like empathy, you know, truly understanding someone without trying to correct them or judge them or critique them is what empathy is for me. It's listening to understand someone truly where they're coming from instead of labeling them because you saw a social media post or you because you saw them wearing a mask or not wearing a mask or you know taking one chapter of their life and judging them based off that chapter. I feel like empathy can be a game changer. And so my message is one of empathy for those that struggle with body image and transformation. And I feel like empathy can be a game changer in the fitness industry, but it can also be a game changer in the world in general. And so that I felt I feel like this is the perfect time for that. Number two Obviously, I'm getting older. You know, I'm 40 um, this year, turned 40 on December 27th. And, you know, things change. Metabolism changes. Hormones change. And, uh, you know, there have been struggles for me, uh, you know, now versus back when I was 31, things I, I could get away with back then that I don't, can't get away with really anymore. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. But I want to show people that's still possible to be fit and have health after 40 and so that's the second reason I'm doing it. And like I said, back in 2011, no one really saw what was happening as it was happening. And so 2020, all eyes are on every single social media platform, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn, you name it. People can see it as it's happening. I feel like I can make more of an impact, be more uh, you know, spreading positivity and, and the importance of empathy in this industry and in the world in general. And so those are the two main reasons of why I felt now was the time to do this again as a 40-year-old and to push forward my message of empathy in an industry that I think lacks it. Yes, man. So take us through the process. So what's going down? This is, I believe, <laughs> the first big podcast you're on sharing this. Yes. So take us through the process. How much weight are you going to gain? How are you going to gain this weight? <laughs> ah, 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just take us through the process. Sure. So this time it's going to be different. Um, you know, August 27th is the start date. So this will probably air after that. So just you know, just go ahead and, and look at my old footage or previous posts. But August 27th is the start date through December 27th, which is my birthday. And this time around, it's going to be different. One, I have a doctor monitoring me throughout the journey. So we just did blood work. We went over my baseline blood work results just recently. So that will be an important factor of this journey is to show people what happens to the inside of our body, to our health as we live an unhealthy lifestyle. So my hope is to educate people as the journey happens. And yes, I will be eating processed food. But one of the things I want to do this time around, which is I think kind of controversial, but interesting and educational is I'm going to be exposing four popular fad diets out there. One is keto, which you know I'm a big fan of the ketogenic diet. Uh, a paleo, vegan, and vegetarian, and showing people the pitfalls and mistakes that people make when they do these diets. When people think, "Hey, I'm vegan, um, therefore I should lose weight and have better health," but there's an unhealthy way to do every single one of these diets that I mentioned, and I see it all the time. So my hope is to expose it and actually gain weight on these diets at you know during my my fit to fat phase. But then the the cool thing is – and then also I'll do, be doing blood work before and after, by the way. My doctor is going to do blood work before each segment um, and then after each each segment or each each diet that I'm doing. Does that make sense? So, how, how long will the, the the fit to fat phase be? It's going to be four months total. And I four think total. my guess is 60 pounds gained in four months. That's my, my – we'll see. My estimate. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I, oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, and I love this, I love this perception though of like, we're going to take these popular diets Mm -hmm. and we're going to expose their pitfalls, not just theoretically, but I'm going to like eat a junk food vegan diet because people (laughs) like I'm vegan and yet, you know, like I still can't get my health together or I'm doing the keto diet, but you know, it's just like, I'm I'm like um, freaking (laughs) beer bonging bacon cheeseburgers with like craft american slices you know what i mean yes. so um so i love that dynamic so four months 60 pounds around that's going to be the goal yeah and you're going to be tracking everything now we've got social media because i think back in the day you was just doing it on your blog yeah i was just doing it on my blog right? yep exactly and then also the other thing is i'll have a cgm device monitoring my my glucose levels every single day of the journey my ketone levels i'll be doing body fat percentage i'll be doing uh, different fitness tests throughout to show my heart rate variability. I'll be tracking my sleep on my Whoop app. Um, all kinds of data I'll, I'll be tracking and people can follow along. And then come January 4th, 2021, that first Monday of the new year, everyone's going to want to be done with 2020. Am I right? Everyone's going to want to like start over new year, new you, new mindset kind of thing. Let's do this journey together. I'll hold your hand every step of the way. You, me, Everyone from around the world, we can do this journey together as a team, as a community. So I'm, I'm going to be providing all my exact meal plans, detailed meal plans, recipes, workouts, and you can follow along with me every single step of the way. And I'm going to be revisiting those diets that we mentioned and educate people on how to do them the right way, the healthy way. And I'll lose weight on them. I'll do my blood work before and after and to show you that different things work for different people, right? So maybe my body does better on keto versus paleo or vegan. But maybe not. Maybe the blood work will show different. And I want to provide people with as many tools as possible for their tool belt on this journey of health. Because what works for one person might not work for everyone else. Like I know everyone probably listens to your podcast, Sean. It's like, oh, Sean takes 
this supplement or that supplement, I'm going to take that and get his body, <laughs> but it doesn't always happen that way. So it's good to discover and explore to find what works best for you. So for me, at the end of the day, man, I think this is going to be a very powerful movement. It's going to be very hopefully inspiring and motivating to people out there. And that's why even though it's crazy and it's risky, it's, it's, and it's totally backwards than what you normally see. I feel like I'm being called to do it and to be totally honest with you because I see how it can make an impact, especially during these times. I feel like it's crazy enough to get people's attention, but then hopefully from there, people consume my content, my messaging, understand that it's about empathy. They understand that it's more so about the mental and emotional side, but then for all the sciencey people out there, there's going to be the sciencey data that they can track as well. So I feel like there's going to be something for everyone on this fit to fat to 40 journey. Yeah, man. It's so powerful. And I truly, number one, I wouldn't do it. Number two, <laughs> yeah. I, I admire the fact because you know this as much as I do that our, our greatest opportunity and the thing that's overlooked the most right now as far as how do we as a society remain healthy and defend ourselves from communicable diseases, yes. from the next virus and the next virus and the next virus because they're coming. This is yeah. just how nature works. It's having healthy sovereign fit human beings having healthy citizens is our number one defense but it's not being talked about and this is a way to do it you're going to get yourself ridiculously unhealthy <laughs> again it pains me to say and then people can walk with you and travel with you and and join you along the way of how do we get from there with all the excuses that we have yeah. because that's all i've been hearing from even a lot of our colleagues is excuses of what we can't do yeah. You know, and you've got another layer like, okay, I'm, I'm 40 and up now. So yep. you've got that layer. <laughs> I've got, <laughs> I've, I've got uh, all these different diets now that are, that are popular and they yep. have their benefits and they also have their downsides and it depends on the person. And yep. also the way that you do each of those has tremendous opportunity or downsides. And so exposing and sharing those things for, for people who have questions, you know, who yep. just like, take things at face value without like seeing what can happen. So there's so many layers of yes to this. So I'm going to give my endorsement, <laughs> you know, but are one of the things you, that I, are you gonna do a food challenge with me? Uh, uh. What is that? <laughs> we'll, we'll do like a, let's see what's your, what's your, what's your jam? Uh, maybe like a, a sugary cereal food challenge, virtual food challenge where you eat, I see who eats more of the cinnamon toast crunch. That's a food challenge. <laughs> okay, but I'll, I'll just make sure that I clear my calendar for the rest of the day because I'm definitely going exactly. into a, a sugar coma. <laughs> but yes, I'll do. I'll jump into cereal. I'll jump into the cereal <laughs> challenge. One of the things that I had asked you about was, and this was the thing that, if I remember correctly, you shared was the most surprising thing to you. It wasn't the physical changes. It was how you felt, like mentally and emotionally, and how you were judging yourself and noticing how people were judging you when you gained all that weight you took the time to to do that and your motivation to do things because you were just a very motivated person you love yeah. working out and all of a sudden like all of that that drive started to go away and you having a, a healthy new relationship pretty fresh relationship hmm. awesome relationship i was wondering like did she sign up for this <laughs> did she say this is gonna be okay 
Uh, I joke around that I made my girlfriend Julie sign a contract that she couldn't break up with me during the journey because that wouldn't be fair. Uh, but I didn't make her sign a contract. She's on board, man. That's the interesting thing is she's on board with this. She's not going to do it with me for sure. She's actually yeah. she's actually doing a whole thirty in September, which is the complete opposite of what I'm doing. Um, but she is there to support me throughout this journey. I told her it's going to be hard. I told her I'm going to be cranky. I'm going to have low energy and. Let's be honest, low libido from eating this way. (laughs) So I said, hey, I promise I'll make it up to you (laughs) after once I get back to fit again. Um, But no, she's totally on board with this. Um, And it's going to be interesting with that that difference in the journey of having, you know, last time I was married, had two little babies. This time around, my daughters are 9 and 11. I have a girlfriend now, different family dynamics. You know, plus I'm also more, I'm a different person. I'm a different right. version of myself now. Back in 30, when I was 31, I was married. I was very religious, very naive to a lot of things. Now I feel like I'm more self-aware. I have more tools in my tool belt to help me on the mental and emotional side. So yes, I'm going to become overweight again, but I, don't, I feel like I'm not as attached or as obsessed as I used to be. So it'll be interesting this time around to see how it affects me mentally and emotionally. Like when I go out in public this time, Am I going to go up to strangers and explain to them that I'm not really overweight or will I be more at peace with it this time around? Because last time I felt like I was totally self-conscious. Like I would go up to strangers and say, hey, I'm not really overweight. This is just an experiment. (laughs) Go to this Mm -hmm. website. Here's my before picture. Like I wanted to explain to people so badly that I was not this overweight person because my identity was my based on my body image. And now that I don't feel attached to that, it'll be interesting to see how it affects me on the mental and emotional side this time around. Mm, man, it's powerful, man. And I'm glad that you brought this up and talked about this in our conversation of, you know, how we feel, the foods that we eat, the way that we treat our bodies affects how we interact in our relationships. And it is, it is probably the most visceral and real thing. I, I love my wife so much and I know she loves me so much, but if one of us hasn't eaten in a while and maybe we worked out like, it's like your, your best friend becomes your frenemy. You know yes. what I mean? And that's with like doing the work, loving somebody <laughs> deeply. Just imagine how we treat other people as well, you know? So uh, I, I know you didn't really have her sign the the fat prenup, but <laughs> if you had her sign it, I wouldn't be like, you know, it's out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. So Drew, can you let everybody know where they can connect with you and follow along? Because this is going to be coming out right around the time you start. So we're going to yes. like express this you know, to get this out for everybody and uh, just let everybody know where they can connect with you. For sure. So fit to fat to 40.com is the website that you can track my journey on. But if you just follow me, you know, on my social media handles at fit to fat to fit as well, you'll be updated every single day. You know, lots of live streaming, lots of content, weekly weigh-ins, weekly food challenges, doctor's visits, little uh, performance measurements to show how my body's changing, how my mind's changing. Um, so yeah, fit to fat to 40.com. Perfect. My man, thank you so much for coming to hang out with me. Thanks. Shout Sean. out to, to your shirt. Hopefully everybody <laughs> who's watching Rogers. on YouTube <laughs> sees the iconic Mr. Rogers and he was a police officer or yes. a postman. He was a, uh, he was a police officer that, uh, he invited, he was part of the show. Right. And mm-hmm. so he invited him to go to, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people don't know the story. Yeah, um, yeah. He invited him to put his feet in the swimming pool because at the time it was illegal for blacks and whites to swim in the same swimming pool. And so Mr. Rogers kind of stood up to that and said, okay, I'm going to bring him on. This is my friend. This is my neighbor. We're going to sit in a little kiddie pool with our feet in. That's not illegal. Yeah. And so that's yeah. what this picture represents. And that's why it's uh, – especially during these times, man, is 
you got to be brave during during times of uh, of controversy like this. And I, I love what he stood up for. Yeah, man. Thank you so much, brother. I love what you stand for as well. Thank you so much. And being inclusive, bringing people together, uh, challenging yourself and giving us a model of what that looks like to mm. push the boundaries. So I appreciate you, brother. And uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. And everybody, thank you so much for hanging out with me today as well. I hope you got a lot of value out of this episode. And again, this is about thinking differently. This is about challenging ourselves. This is about finding new and creative and dynamic ways to connect, to hold each other accountable, and to develop more empathy and compassion when we need it more than ever. And one of the things that really resonated with me and with Drew's message and something I've been teaching for the near two decades that I've been in this space as well is a huge revelation that hit is that we cannot hate ourselves into having the body and the health that we want. And that's what so often we try to do. We try to push ourselves. We try to beat ourselves into submission, into change. And true, sustainable, long-lasting change and transformation does not come from a place of trying to uh, manipulate and, and hate ourselves into health and wellness. It has to be a different pathway. We can absolutely beat ourselves into a pulp and beat ourselves into submission for some temporary changes and get some results. But to sustain it and to enjoy the process along the way, it has to be a different inroads. And I believe that that inroads is, is a love. I believe that inroads is patience and compassion. And I believe that inroads is education as well. That's why I do this show. That's why the Model Health Show was created to help us to feel empowered and to know that we don't have to accomplish everything at once and we can take things step by step and master certain levels and then add in the new piece. Whereas we've been programmed with this idea and we continue to say these things of like overnight success. There's no such thing as that. There's no such thing as an overnight success. It's really these step-by-step -step processes and systems and becoming the type of person that can have and maintain, sustain, those results that we get. And so today more than ever, it's having that directive, that inner guidance system, pointing ourselves back inward and really working on changing our inner world so that it can be reflected in our outer world. All change is truly an inside job. So that's where we need to start. And all the tools are there. There's so many different tools available, so many different diet programs, fitness programs, meditation programs. You know, we can list those for days. But truly, it's becoming the type of person who can uh, interact or take part in any of those things and it become a part of our lives and who we are. Because so often we want change, but we're trying to bring our old self to the new party. We're trying to bring our old self, our old mindset, our old way of being, our old habits to the new party. And that old self just doesn't fit in at this particular party we're trying to be at, all right? Not saying that this party is better or it's just different. You know, whatever it is that you want to accomplish, you have to become someone else. You have to become a different version of yourself. And that could be scary, it could be challenging, but it's true. And this is a thing that nobody wants to tell you. And here's the greatest part of it all though, is that that person that you become all the results, all the wonderful things, the successes that you aspire towards, it starts to become magnetic because health isn't something that you chase after. Health is something that you attract to yourself by the person that you become. 
And so that's what this is about. It's doing the inner work necessary. We've got incredible tools for you. We've got incredible resources, but it's really working on yourself to become the best version of you and aspiring towards that each and every day. So again, I hope you got a lot of value out of this episode. And again, make sure we, again, we provide over and over and over resources to take advantage of because there's so many barriers of entry, it seems like in our world today to having the fitness and the health that we want because of the costs involved, because of the access. And now so many things have shifted to online access and online shopping, online programs. We need to leverage these things in a healthy way. And for years now, I've been talking about this for years. I was the first person to talk about this on a podcast. There are companies who are taking on the big brands to make health affordable, to make getting access to the highest quality foods available for everybody. And that company that's taking the, the products that you would find at Whole Foods or other uh, health food stores, they come at a premium. We know that. The nickname for Whole Foods is Whole Paycheck. All right? We know this. I've been there literally at the cash register at Whole Foods many years ago, and I, they've rung out my stuff, and I got my card, and I'm like crossing my fingers, crossing my toes. I hope that this swipe goes through, right? But I was investing in my health, and I'm just hoping that I can find a way to make it happen. And I'm so grateful. To, I've actually never shared this before, but I'm thinking about all the times that I saw people there at Whole Foods and I went up to the register and I, and I paid for their groceries. I saw that they got lists from their trainer or they, something they saw on a television show and they're trying these new things because I would frequent my local, you know, Whole Foods right by my office. So if I saw somebody new there, so many times I would buy their groceries for them. You know, so I want to get us to that place where we can extend a hand to help the people. Man, I wish somebody would have bought me groceries one of those times, you know, but um, it's still it's an investment. But now we can get those same products for 25 to 50 percent off the retail price through Thrive Market shipped directly to your door. So the, the toothpaste that I was buying from Whole Foods, 25 to 50 percent off the coconut oil, the chia seeds. The, the snacks for the kids, all those things we get from Thrive Market, home cleaning products, non-toxic, personal care products, we get from Thrive Market 25 to 50% off, and you get access to that as well. Just go to thrivemarket.com forward slash model health. That's thrivemarket.com forward slash model health. And number one, you want to make sure that you get the Thrive Market membership, because right now when you purchase a membership to Thrive Market, you get a free gift. It's upwards of like 20 to $25 value free gift. And they've got different ones to choose from depending on when you take action. But this is right now available right now. So you want to do this right now. Get your membership and it's just going to continue to pay you back over and over and over again. We save hundreds of dollars every year by shopping through Thrive Market. All right. So you get a free gift in addition to the 25 to 50% off that you're already going to be getting free gift right now. So Go to thrivemarket.com forward slash model health. They're also giving back. They're giving, whenever you get a membership, they're making it available, a, a free membership to somebody in need, a family in need, a veteran, a teacher. They've been doing this since the onset. This is why I was the first podcast to share Thrive Market. And here we are years later. And I just, I love them. I, I love companies that stand for doing good, that stand for something bigger. 
You know, at first I was like, how are you guys even making revenue? Like you're giving so much away, but they found a way to create a business model that's sustainable, where they can continue to, to pay it forward because the ultimate mission is to make health and wellness accessible to every single citizen. But again, it starts with us. These things are available. We just have to take advantage. And the same thing, you know, we've got incredible thought leaders, incredible people in this space to follow, to, to learn from. And Drew Manning is one of those people. He's been a really good friend of mine for so many years. He's one of my favorite human beings. It's like, literally, if we don't see each other for a year, as soon as we get together, it's like we've been hanging out, you know, every day. He's just, we've got such a connection. He's such a good person. And the impact that he's been making in the world for all these years as well is just profound. So definitely pop over, check out his journey, join the movement. He's doing it again, fit to fat to fit. And again, I hope you got a lot of value out of this episode. We've got some fire coming your way very soon. So make sure to stay tuned. Take care, have an amazing day, and I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.